0: Well, welcome everyone and Merry Christmas to all of you from our family to yours. We're so glad you're with us today, whether you're at Latham, at Half Moon, or at Saratoga. Thank you for joining in this Christmas celebration. You know, the uh, music is really the language of the heart. It kind of revives the soul. It kind of leaves you feeling refreshed and most people just don't want to do without music, right, in their lives, whatever their style or, or genre is. And I, and I think that business owners understand this, and that's why most stores, most businesses, most office complexes, uh, even elevators have music, right? Because we, for the most part, just don't want to be without it. It's an important part of the human experience, and so all this month we've been exploring some of the music of Christmas as it jumps off the pages of the gospel narratives in that very first Christmas. But today we come to some lyrics that were spoken, and I believe they were they were they were sang by this uh, uh, angelic choir on the hillside there outside of Bethlehem, and so. I'm gonna read it off the screen. I invite you to uh, follow along on the screens or in your Bible. It says, there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. They were scared out of their minds. You would be too, I would be too. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And then it says, and suddenly a great multitude, a great company of the heavenly hosts, Appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. Now, what exactly does that mean? I mean, we get Christmas cards that talk about peace, but that's not really our experience at Christmas time, much, is it? In fact, it's probably the most stressed out time of the year. In fact, when you look at this year, there have been unprecedented mass shootings, terrorism, political corruption, war in Ukraine, and many other places. And even as we speak, there's all kinds of travel nightmares that are going on, not only in the Midwest, but all across our country as tens of thousands of people have had their travel plans frustrated. When you look at at it all up and you look at the crime in our own streets and the turmoil in our own hearts. I mean, you have to wonder, did these angels know what they were talking about? I I like the lyrics of one of u two's songs. They're so powerful and so poignant. Uh, The song is called Peace on Earth. And the lyrics go, Jesus, in the song you wrote, the words are sticking in my throat. Peace on earth, hear it every Christmas time, but hope and history won't rhyme. Isn't that a good line? Hope and history won't rhyme. And I think that lyric is spot on. So, were these angels just wrong? I mean, were they just misguided? Did Jesus fail to bring peace on earth? I am want to spend a few minutes together with you thinking about that and talking through the kind of peace that Christ really offers to you, to me, not only at Christmas, but all throughout the year. First, the peace that they're singing about is an inner reality. In other words, you can experience it, get this, no matter what you're going through, no matter what is going on in your surroundings. Check out this verse. Jesus spoke this. It's recorded in John's Gospel, chapter 14, just hours before he went to the cross. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. You see, I think that's so important because to most people, when they think of peace, they think sort of absence of conflict, right? No, nothing going on around me that troubles me. But Jesus said, Look, I'm gonna give you an inner peace that will be real regardless of the trouble around you. The peace he offers is not exemption from turmoil, but an inner strength that will give you a tenacity to face whatever problems you may be facing. And here's what I like about Jesus. He lived it. I mean, he spoke that just hours before he went to the cross. And when everybody else was chaotic, Jesus was peaceful and calm. Think about it for a moment. His enemies were plotting, meeting illegally, frantically trying to bribe false witnesses. All of his disciples ran for their lives. They were scared and fearful. And yet in the midst of this hurricane, there was Jesus standing right in the eye of the storm, calm and peaceful. Pilate couldn't understand it. He was the Roman procurator that was in charge of kind of judging and evaluating Jesus. And he couldn't understand why Jesus wasn't shaking in front of him. He said, don't you know that I have the power to take your life? And Jesus calmly looked Pilate in the eye and responded, you would have no power at all unless it were given to you by my Father in heaven. Now, friend, I don't know what you may be going through today. This Christmas season may be the most chaotic you've ever experienced, but I want you to know that's the kind of peace that Jesus actually came to bring. It's a tranquility inside no matter what's happening outside and later the apostle Paul called it a peace that surpasses all understanding. Could you use some of that? Boy, I tell you, I think we all could. I think I'm talking to people today who are stressed out. Maybe some of you even feel helpless. You feel harassed by the world, you feel oppressed and put down by some of the people in your life. Maybe your finances are in shambles, or maybe you've gotten a bad health prognosis. Maybe you're dreading getting together with family this Christmas. Here's the question. Where are we going to find peace? Jesus said, look, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. That is his promise. And by the way, just over the last several weeks, I've talked to two individuals who are a part of this Grace family who were given a diagnosis of terminal cancer. Both of these individuals love the Lord Jesus. They're followers of his. Both of them were given a short time to live, unless there's divine intervention. Can I tell you what they said? Both of them. Both of them talking to me. They said, Pastor Rex, Pastor Rex, I have peace. I don't know what God's gonna do. I I don't know how long I have to live on this earth, but I want you to know I am confident because I am trusting in Jesus Christ. I wanna tell you today, that's the kind of peace that he promised. A peace, no matter what's going on around you, you can have a tranquility that surpasses it all. But quickly, I wanna mention a second aspect to this peace that the angels sang about. Here it is. Its greatest expression is not actually here yet. In other words, it's coming in the future. And the Bible says a lot about this part of his peace. In other words, it will not be fully enjoyed until Christ returns and establishes a permanent kingdom. But until that wonderful day, which all Christians long for, Until that day, any attempts at peace on planet Earth are gonna be somewhat incomplete and frustrated. I heard about a wife who discovered that her husband was having an affair on her. And the thing is, she didn't discover it until after he had died, to say the least. I mean, she was beside herself. Uh, She was so disturbed by this news. And so this wife went out, and had inscribed on her husband's tombstone, may you rest in peace until we meet again. (laughs) I want to tell you, for some people, there won't even be peace in eternity, all right? So Jesus kept it very real. He said, look, as long as this earth, as we now know it stands, there's going to be turmoil there's gonna be trouble, there's gonna be wars and rumors of wars, and that's exactly what we see. And further, he said, for some people, your enemies will often be the people of your own family. Yikes, yikes, wow. So, what are we saying today? We can have an inner peace in spite of our surroundings, And when Christ returns one day as victorious king, there will be a pervasive peace that he will bring as he establishes his kingdom. By the way, we don't have time to go into a lot of detail on that, but let me just share with you one of the Old Testament passages where the prophet Isaiah talks about that day and the peace that will be a part of it. He says, he, that is the Messiah, that is the reigning victorious king, he will judge between the nations and will settle disputes for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. And oh, oh, how we long for that day, amen? And that day is on the way. But there's one final thing I wanna share Today, as we talk about this peace that the angels sang about. Here it is. That peace is contingent upon other factors. In other words, his peace is contingent upon accepting him, trusting him, sinking our lives up with him as our savior and our teacher. Now I hope you're listening right now, wherever you are. Hey, please hear me clearly. The Bible never speaks of a peace for everyone, period, no matter what. In fact, you don't even read a hint of that in the Scriptures. But the angels gave us a pretty good clue about who this peace was for. It said it's for men and women. It's for boys and girls. It's for people of all different nations and kinds where God's favor rests on them? Woo, the big question is, on whom does God's favor rest? And the answer is very consistent biblically. It's on those people who have synced their lives up with him. And my question today is simply this, is that you? Is that you? Are you an apprentice of Jesus? Are you claiming him, following him as Savior, as Lord, as teacher, in your life? Are you living daily in a relationship with him? Now, here, here, here's why I think that question is actually pretty important, because that, ideal, that idea is appalling to a lot of people on this planet right now. I hope, you, hope you're aware of that. I hope you're aware of kind of the spirit of the age. There are many people where the idea of being an apprentice to Jesus is just appalling. They want nothing to do with Jesus Christ. But to those who come humbly, to those who come with yielded heart and mind and surrender their lives to him, Jesus says, I will give you peace. Now, this is so important because peace is a huge theme in the Bible. If you look it up, you'll find that it's mentioned over 200 times. But here's here's an interesting detail about peace in the Bible. It's often linked with this thing called righteousness. Check it out if you don't. But let me just give you a few quick examples of what I'm talking about. Psalm 85 is one of the Psalms that I've been meditating a lot on this year. I actually committed it to memory this year. It says, love and faithfulness meet together. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Isn't that an interesting image? They go together. They kiss each other. Righteousness and peace. Or how about Isaiah 32? The fruit of righteousness will be peace. In other words, for those people who've synced their lives up with God, who are living in relationship with him, Peace is gonna be the result of that, the fruit of that. The effect of righteousness will be quietness and confidence forever. One more, Isaiah 48. If only you had paid attention to my commands, your peace would have been like a river, your righteousness like the waves of the sea. I was struck by that phrase right there. Isn't that interesting? Like the waves of the sea. In fact, I Googled this. I said, I wonder, because sometimes I struggle sleeping at night. My mind is full of all kinds of ideas and ministry things. And I usually end up meditating on Scripture for a while and going over chapters. And I I said, I wonder, you know, people often turn their phone on and have various sounds that will hopefully be soothing and help them go to sleep, right? And I, I Googled, I wonder what the most useful sounds are to insomniacs. All right? You might be interested in this. Waves comes up consistently as the number one or number two response. Think about that. God says, look, you can have righteousness and peace like waves in your life if you sink your life up with me. I find that to be a powerful thing. But if you don't, just saying, your conscience is going to dog you, and you will struggle in your search for peace. So the angels knew what they were talking about. After all, Jesus didn't come to bring peace immediately to the whole world, never promised that at all. But he brings a lasting and eternal peace to those who surrender their, li- their lives to him. And again, I ask, d- does, that, does that describe you? One of the greatest naval commanders in English history is Admiral Nelson. Uh, in fact, uh, At Trafalgar Square. There's a huge, very high statue there of Admiral Nelson with a bust of Admiral Nelson on the top of it. He had all kinds of great qualities as a leader. He had a lot of amazing victories. But here's the thing that interests me. Admiral Nelson is so revered by many because of his kindness. In fact, he was known for being respectful and kind to prisoners of war. And so one day, after a victory, the defeated leader came on board the ship and began striding toward Admiral Nelson with his hand out as if to shake, his hand, shake hands with an equal. But Nelson kept his hands at his side. He looked squarely in the eye of the defeated captain, and he said, your sword first, commander. Your sword first. Then your hand. And I think the Lord would look at us today and say, Your ego first, Rex Keener, your pride first, your idols first, your selfish ambition first, and then your hand. Righteousness and peace go together. We yield our lives to Him and then. We have this amazing, peaceful relationship with him. He gives us a peace that passes understanding. Now, in just a moment, our campus pastors, Latham at Half Moon at Saratoga, are going to come, and they're going to lead us in a candle lighting ceremony. This has become a, a meaningful time each Christmas Eve for so many people at grace. But before they actually take the baton and lead us through that candle lighting ceremony, I want to I kind of ask this question. Is this a moment that God has been leading you to? Have you been searching for a, a peace that passes understanding? Has God been drawing you to himself? You see, scripture says salvation is here. Today's the day. Don't linger on this. Today's this day of salvation. Jesus has done everything he needs to do so that you and I can be saved. What we need to do is we need to surrender our lives to him. So that's what I urge you to do. As we light these candles, let this be a moment when you yield your life to Christ. If he's been drawing you and bringing you to this moment, if he's been showing you more of who he is, I invite you just in those moments, even as we're lighting those candles, to just say, Lord Jesus, I sink my life up with you. I want to begin this journey with you in a very personal and very real way. I urge you to do that as our campus pastors lead us right now.